Hi, Chris. It's not, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Absolutely great. Hi, Chris. Pretty good, pretty good. Living the dream. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, I'm doing well. <laughs> Things are good. <laughs> yes. You can try, but I don't think we'll get them. Arranging the yeah, arranging the constellations. Be safe. Very good. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I remember first time was uh, seeing Anderson's work was it was uh, the Digimon shorts, uh, which I wrote a review on. Uh, watched that, then the One Piece movie, and then just it's been watching all of his films since. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're amazing. You know, um, he's he's been the cliche around him is he's been called like the next Miyazaki, and I think that's like pointless. But it kind of shows that people think he's very he's very good. Oh, Chris, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> On red, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. 
They're in the same league. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it opened at some, um, wow, like 600 million yen compared to um, like Wolf Children, which opened at uh, 360 uh, million yen. Dang. So, he, you know, he's established himself as as someone that, you know, the Japanese public feel they can rely on for really good movies, um, which is great. You know, you can only and, and it's really it's really important as well because um, Wolf Children was his first movie uh, made at his own studio, which he founded before Wolf Children was made. And, you know, like now the fact that he's sort of making making movies you know, in his own right, because he was, you know, he made The Girls Who Let Through Time at Madhouse and One Piece and Digimon at Toei. Now mm-hmm. that it's like he has his own studio, it's, uh, it can only get better from there, really. Yeah. I wonder, as far as like when you're talking about those opening numbers, um, I wonder, because I remember hearing, uh, hearing about when The uh, the Girl Who Let Through Time came out that people paid for standing room in the theater. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was that it was that popular. So if mm-hmm. you know this movie getting making even more money, I'm wondering if that's the if that's the same case here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm reading that it that it topped um, the opening of Terminator Genesis. This makes me Whoa! so happy. I mean, I only wish. Well, actually, I think Minions beat Terminator here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no not that man uh, no that man can suck it <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm okay Mm-mm. i'm I, i'll i'll be clear i'm just still really raw about the whole thing uh, yeah that's Well, the weird thing is, like, okay, well, yeah, no, the weird thing is, is that they've used lots of elements from his from his script. Uh, so it's like, yeah, oh god, okay, I'm 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 going to be alright. I'm I'm going to be alright. I certainly hope so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. No, no, I'm good. I'm I'm fine, thanks. I'll yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pull out uh, Shaun of the Dead uh, the DVD and stroke that. <laughs> yeah, that, that okay. Speaking of other Shauns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to picture that. Like, how how would that even work? Show notes. Someone from Ardman was telling me that um, so it's aired all over the world now, which is which is really cool. But um, when it airs in Japan, they have to Ardman have to edit the um, <laughs> have to edit out every single uh, time that poo is on screen. So the no. the sheep like what? have droppings, and the Japanese are like 
quite prude in in what they you know want to show kids i guess and um yeah they have to like they have to paint out digitally every single little bit of poo yeah yep I'm 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 kind of really surprised because the Japanese have made poo jokes before. I mean, look at some of the Digimon in the original series. There are some that they're the actual designs. They're they look like poo. Yeah. I, <laughs> Come on, guys. I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That I can understand. <laughs> they know probably. Better than anyone. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm still I'm still trying to think. Like if Plus you Digimon is because <laughs> you know you know you all know about Digimon. It was like it was a it was a show targeting. It was basically kind of like the the one series that was com- you know competing with Pokemon as far as you know mm. trading you know the monsters and like the you know the um the Tamagotchi thing the Tamagotchi craze. So when you have Digimon that looks like poo, and it's just in a show targeted <laughs> towards you know kids and teenagers. I mean, come on. Now that I can understand, because I've seen a lot, lot of, of that. Sense. That makes a lot of sense, because when, um, when they marketed Age of Ultron, it was all like to do with Hawkeye's like, family and him protecting them. And... It's it's, inter- it's interesting because I thought they were sp- the Hawkeye having a family was supposed to be a secret, like they were, to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> that is really interesting. <laughs> it's really interesting though. We we saw a couple of variations on the of the trailers of, for Ernie Biscuit at the lab, and um, and uh, he showed I think the Japanese um, trailer and then the U.S. trailer, and they were. <laughs> It was fascinating. I mean, they really are completely oh, yeah. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was incredible, actually. Maybe we'll put those in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <the> links, <laughs> if they're awesome. available, I'm sure they are. That's crazy. They're they're basically what they're doing is those are uh, the trailers were trolling people. (laughs) Yeah, totally trolling trolling trailers, if you will. Notice that when um, Song of the Sea was like ramping up to being released in the UK, there was one trailer that they released that they quickly sort of pretend it didn't exist and then they released another trailer that r- resembled the G-Kids one but they released this trailer that was like meet Ben 
and there's like this really like sort of like music and uh he's oh he he hates his little sister and it's just like (laughs) wow that's not the movie that you're (laughs) like getting people to see why would you lie to people but please tell me it had like um that really deep like movie voice in the trailer something (laughs) yeah something like and then there was like you know it was like, oh, coo, and coo was like this really big part that was played up. It was just... Oh my god! Yeah, I think you oh, mentioned that last episode. That that reminded me. Um, it's almost like, did you ever see the? Um, I think it was an editing exercise or something. But the, someone um, did a recut of The Shining as a romantic comedy. Mm. Oh my god! Are so you serious? Funny. It was yeah. passed around a while, but it's fantastic. I mean, it's really along the same line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the other one. Oh my god that's amazing the other one is scary poppins oh. which, is, um, which is like they but they take all of like these you know like the um the special effects of like stop motion things of the kids like sliding along the banister like they take that and like they have the kid like gasping and it's it is really freaky <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite in- that's quite insecure, I think. Did it go? Did it go down well with general critics, or, or you know, because it, you know, um, with with things like this, there are going to be fans who weigh in on it, and general critics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks it looks like uh, like they have a much bigger budget than they usually can afford for those types of movies yeah it's made a lot of money yeah 
Yeah, I was I was at um, uh, MCM last year, and there was a panel with um, oh god, what's this? is it Studio Wit? Yeah, and like there was a panel with like the directors and a couple of the animators, and it was like this you know this giant convention room just full of people screaming, and I had no idea it was that popular. It was it was like a they were like rock stars. It was really funny. Um, but yeah, it's on my Netflix uh, list. That's funny because it because it doesn't look like anime. It doesn't look like a bunch of the other series that you know. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the imagery. It's a very distinct look- art style, definitely. I think, um, if I recall, I don't know if the I'm trying to remember where I heard this from, but uh, I believe what was it? I think the manga, the Attack on Titan manga, was originally trying to be uh, be on Shonen Jump, and I think they actually turned it down because of the way the art style looked. And well, all right, <laughs> missed the ball on that. Yeah. Well, it's they don't look ha- they, they isn't as half as freaky until they start eating people. <laughs> and so it just becomes like walking, you know, a medieval version of like the Walking Dead, except the zombies are huge. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they decided to keep with that focus and making, you know, definitely show the the horror aspect of it cuz that was one of the major I think one of the major appeals of the show itself. So it's good that they stuck with that. Yep. Uh, Archer, which Hmm. 
Yeah, I want to see that too. I've I've only like I only heard about it when I saw your article on the uh, Emmy nominees, and when I think you one of the main pictures for that article was actually of um, over the garden wall. So I'll have to I'll have to see if I can find something to watch it too, so I can I can offer an opinion. <laughs> I could I could see Bob's Burgers getting it instead of the Simpsons or Archer I guess I mean I like Archer I'm not sure if it has like quite is not as is simply not as widely watched as um, perhaps as okay mm-hmm <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you say South Park is, but South Park didn't have a season. Like, when was the last season? It was, it wasn't last year, was it? I'm not sure. I have not been keeping up. With I guess. I guess Park. it must have been. I guess it must have been. Yeah. 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 Six days to wear. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> like how they're still animating things on like the Tuesday night before the Wednesday morning. That they have to like drive the, you know the um, the tape to to the network. It's it's brutal. Yeah, but I guess you can only do that for you know like however many weeks a year <laughs> before you need to take a break for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so is is that the only like category for the for the nominee? I love Wonder Over Yonder. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's like a just a proper, like unabashed like cartoon. You know, it's just it's funny and it doesn't worry too much about about plot. It's just like gags and that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't hear that uh, that show mentioned at all in the Emmys because I've heard that's been that's been a really good show. Yeah, 
Good it times, has, good it times. Has, it has a really strong following. So yeah, I am surprised that it's not it's not there as well. Yep. Like the there's three cartoons like uh, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, and Gravity Falls seem to be like the breakout cartoons of the year. Yeah. Darn. <laughs> of course. Uh. <laughs> I just forget when I'm watching it. I don't even... It doesn't bother you after a while, which is, which is kind of worrying, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, OPG? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. What for? Uh, oh, for The Simpsons. Uh-huh. And like the editors shouldn't be recognized for the, yeah, yeah, or the hard work that the voice actors and actresses put in, you know, God forbid that they get recognized for their work. um, The animators, (laughs) yeah, or or, or maybe even like production design, Mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, We're kind of we're kind of preaching to the to the choir here. We kind of are. (laughs) Sorry, guys. So I know it's a yeah. Yeah. Unite! We shall start a movement. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, wait a minute. (laughs) Kind of done that. Okay. Any any idea what it's gonna be like what the focus is gonna be? I mean uh, not really. I don't think hmm. really, 
Oh uh, my goodness! Wow, that's that's expense. That's an expensive cameo. <laughs> I think I, I, as I understand it, like Nintendo really regret not. They really wanted to get him in, and then the movie was a massive hit, and then Nintendo were like, "Oh shit, maybe." <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I, even a I speaking have role for about, how short it like, was. About Ralph. I, is it going to be like Despicable Me 2, where, you know, the main point of the story, the reason why the story in the first one is so good is because it resolves. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's that classic thing of all was well. So yeah. the only reason, like, to return is something bad to happen again and kind of I don't know I you know it's really easy to say this because the same could be said of like Toy Story 2 or 3 but yeah it seems kind of odd to um I don't know I just there's maybe it's a good thing that there's no obvious you know plot that could that could happen next yeah mobile gaming yeah the little boy gets older <laughs> maybe who knows maybe the arcade's moving I don't know or going or possibly going out of business yeah and they have to find a way how to get into smartphones yeah great Yeah. That oh, was yeah. really sad. For a CEO, he had a lot of charisma. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and in typical, I mean, Sorry to say, but in typical, like, dickhead gamer, you know, um, internet opinion, you know, internet opinions, they were, everyone was saying, oh, you know, he was the reason that Nintendo are, are not on top and failing. But, but, yeah, but I mean, like, without him, we wouldn't have had the Wii, the Wii or the DS and these really innovative, you know, um, Platforms that really tried to ask, could games be something more than Call of Duty? You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I and I think the way how people reacted to his death was um, indicative of like how his passion really infected people. Yeah, he was a programmer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah, he was really passionate about games. Yeah.
<laughs> Can't be mad at him. Hey, no, even as the years have gone by, I've I've never felt differently about Nintendo. I no, mean, it's had its ups and downs, but it's still it still seems like it's generally out to may have people enjoy what they make yeah. as the focus. And and they're not trying to like second guess cool. They are just trying to do, you know, they they're not like oh like the Connect like let's have a wacky preferral to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's underutilized. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bummer, man. <laughs> Aww. Oh, that is. Oh my god, oh, that's wow. so sad. Wow. It's alright. It was it was it was definitely worth mentioning because that's a big thing going on right now and he will be sorely missed. It was so like you know every other show would have not done that, and I, I really liked that they tried it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I, that really originally drew me to Archer was the whole bond bond thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so if they gone back to the KGB being, yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. I always love it when um, when shows kind of just try to like do like new twists for an episode. It's like, okay, well, let's just put our characters in this situation and see what happens. Well, the reason they do that, actually, like they call bottleneck episodes, is usually a production reason. Um, so I guess like maybe they only had, you know, a few backgrounds for the lift <laughs> and a few different <laughs> angles, and uh, maybe it was a bit kinder on production. Right, yeah, it end, ends up being like the most expensive <laughs> episode. Yeah, mm, nice. Yeah, that is something they would do. Ah. Oh, right. We're about to, what, in the, in the valleys? <laughs> <laughs> but, but they're in the valleys and not. Not, not like the town or what. Right. <laughs> that is really, yeah, unexpected. <laughs> In a space. No. Wow. All of so is, it, is it still as funny as, as it always was how about how about like the characters because it seems like they're kind of not so worried about characters changing and evolving and like what 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 are, what are they all up to <laughs> yeah right. Oh my god, Alex is a dad. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch this now. <laughs> wow. Texas Lab Man. Yeah, I agree. Which were, which were before the uh, episode three. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. All right. It's amazing, isn't it? They've really... I mean, I think I, I spoke about this on the, on the first episode, but it seems like they've really studied like the filmmaking of the first, those first three movies 
mm-hmm. and it really feels like that world. And I kind of like how how it's a little bit grittier, perhaps in at, at moments. Like people just get chucked off cliffs all the time, and <laughs> like you know, there's that kind of. Sorry. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, I remember. I had to yeah, you like, pick that out. The spirit is is all there, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. And everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. That's the first impression mm. I got of them too. It's like Star Wars Aladdin. Street rat. <laughs> Star Wars Street Rat. Oh, for the, um, for, oh, God, why am I not remembering the character's name now? Because he's one of my favorites. Ah, uh, Zeb. Yes, Zeb. Like, I remember before the show came out when they were releasing all the, like, the little, like, shorts of, you know, featuring the different characters, you know, to get people hyped for the, uh, one the premiere. And, um, I remember his was always my favorite because he just runs into a bunch of these stormtroopers and just has the best time just, like, kicking their butts. <laughs> and you, all... <laughs> All, all, all the while you're hearing um, the one uh, the one Jedi character um, talking to him over the intercom is like it's like hey are you are you fighting are you humiliating the stormtroopers again honestly Kanan it's hard not to because <laughs> they can't shoot. <laughs> Who cares? It's Steve Bloom. It's awesome. Yeah, keep me updated on that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Voiced by James L. Jones. <laughs> and, and where are you watching that, Chris? Great. <laughs> cool. Sorry. It's a really sweet movie.
You just need the right balance when it comes to when it comes to films. You yeah. you can't have one just one of you know one like you can't have like I'm sorry I'm I'm stumbling over my words. Um, what's the what's the point I'm trying to make? Yeah, too much of a good thing. That's that's a better way to put it. Pretty much. And then it's like, hang on, I thought you said you liked that. What are you what are you doing? You're not yeah. <laughs> opportunity no unfortunately i i did the thing that lots of people do where i watched the first three episodes and i thought this is okay this is quite funny there are i really really like how they um how they use the animal characters like uh there are lots of cool gags with them and you know um pan oswald is a seal and that was hilarious but I, so I, I watched them and I thought, okay, they're fine. Um, and then I guess I just didn't watch the fourth one. But I hear that if you stick it out, it becomes this really, really well-written, quite heartfelt, like, character study. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I really like them. Yeah. So it's kind of like 
Interesting. Um, a couple things actually. Um, I uh, since you know my last review that I did was for um a anime series called uh, My Teen Romantic uh, Comedy Snafu, and um, I watched the first season, and I uh, was uh, I watched and finished the uh, second season this week. And I was, oof, I, it's kind of hard to find the words because I was really blown about, blown away by what they did with uh, the next 13 episodes. I mean, not only did the, like I mentioned before, they got a really big uh, boost on the animation quality because it was, they, like, the the way the characters, like, move. Like, there's this one scene of uh, the main character crossing a street and I'm looking at him like, that really looks like a person crossing the street. Like, you know, the, with the, mo- the way his you know, body moved and the way you see him like coming toward the camera was really, really, really neat. I was kind of mesmerized by it. And, uh, and then also for like, I mentioned in my article that the way the it's tackling the way the, um, the main characters are sort of developing a friendship and, you know, this season is where they actually, you know, get to test if it's, if this friendship's strong enough to last, you know, a lot of these like uh, tense, awkward moments between, you know, as the characters find out more, more about each other, and how they handle certain situations. And uh, it's it was really, really impressive the way they handled that. And it made it really, really seem authentic. So that was a really, really cool, cool series to sit through. And I'm looking forward to see where they take it from here. What, nice. what else? Um, um, only slightly tied to the world of animation, I know, but... Um, I did sit to see uh, Ant-Man just yesterday. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it, I can't say it's the best uh, Marvel film I've ever seen. I'm personally, in my opinion, that I that uh, I give that to either it's a toss-up between the second Captain America movie and Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, in terms of just overall like look and the way that they handled the whole idea between uh, behind, you know, Ant-Man shrinking, you know, and, you know, controlling ants to help him out with what he does. And all of like, kind of like a, it's as a kind of like a heist film almost, but um, it was the way they handled the animation for the, the shrinking and growing bigger and being able to do both at the same time was really, really amazing. Like there's, yeah, it's just, it's, they handled it very well. It was a very funny film. Like, I love the way it handled its humor. No doubt, probably down to the script by Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. No, I know, I know, no, of course. <laughs> Maybe. I think so, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I I feel really, I feel really icky watching the film because because of that, because of everything that happened with like the production. I mean, mm-hmm. it's happened on Marvel productions before. It happened with Thor too. Yeah. But like, my question more is okay. So Marvel have a brand which they want to, um, you know, keep consistent. 
And I think the problem with that is visually it doesn't leave much room for uh, innovative voices. And looking at, like, I, you know, it's it's really pointless to say because I am just talking about looking at trailers, but I go right to test footage for Ant-Man and the same jokes in that test footage are shown in the trailers. And visually, they're just directed in this way which feels really, like, slapdash and... Um, I don't know. I, I'm... Uh, I'm just moaning. I'm just moaning. What, what was the what's the controversy you were talking about? Well, basically, um, Ant Man was going to be Ant Man was announced way back in like 2006, um, before Iron Man came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar Wright was developing it uh, and writing it, and he was going to direct it. And then, by the time that Marvel were ready to make Ant Man now um like the marvel you know cinematic universe is kind of evolved to be this thing which doesn't really allow for standalone movies Mm. so everything has to like nod and wink to things outside of what's happening within the given film and i think that i mean there's just good and bad in in that Mm-hmm. And definitely what's been said is that Edgar Wright was not willing to um to include moments like that in his movie. He just wanted to make a standalone like mm-hmm. film. Uh but yeah, I I don't know. It's um the effects do look quite cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting. I mean, that definitely counts as animation. I mean, you know, to to support all the animators out there working on feature film, you know, live action uh, movies with animated content included. You know, it's actually funny. I mean, it's a little bit, it's on topic, but kind of stretching it. There was um, Mark Maron did an interview with uh, Robert Kirkman, who who did the Walking Dead comics. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole section on... um, on sort of like the state of, uh, of, well, the state of Marvel movies, I guess, or, or let's say comic book translation to movies. It's really pretty okay. interesting. Yeah. Um, Robert Herkman was sort of like talking about Superman and, <laughs> and just, I don't know, the choices that are made that are sort of outside of a lot of the, um, comic stories and, you know, and, um, yeah, I don't know. You can listen to that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of other, uh, speaking of the DC, uh, DC comics at least, um, I uh, because of the recent release of the uh, the Batman Superman trailer, and I've I've had mixed feelings about it. So, <laughs> what did I do? In, what did I do in order to cope with cope with one of my feelings? I just went back and started watching Justice the the animated Justice League cartoon and Batman Beyond. Oh, that's that's fun. <laughs> to cope. Zack Snyder can also go, you know, go. And, well, he can go and have a long, hard think about what he really thinks movies are. Because I don't get Man of Steel at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he's standing outside. It's like he's standing outside the movie theater, like 
running in every now and again going, okay, so that's what a movie does. Okay, I'm going to do that in my movie. Without really, <laughs> thinking, without really thinking about, like, you know, characters and themes and through lines. <laughs> Pat, Patton Oswalt says <laughs> such a funny thing about... He, he, he got really, really... There was an interview with Patton Oswalt and he got really, really angry about Batman and Superman. Seriously? Yeah, he did. And he was saying, like, only Batman can brood. Like, if you have everyone else brooding, then it's not brooding. It's, yeah. you know, he's saying uh, that there needs to be contrast for, for you well, to have, Well, that was like... the, at least as far as... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he broods, but that's not all there is to his character. I mean, I remember... Um... The first time I ever saw the two interact, those two characters interacting off each other was um, in the uh, the Superman animated series crossover, um, where they had Batman and Superman working together and yeah. against each other in a, in a certain way. And um, I just really, really liked the character interactions with each other because they were so different, and they had such different methods about you know how how to pursue justice. And uh, God, this is I, like I, I I'm basically after watching the. Uh, the true trailer and now watch looking at how antagonistic and uh, Superman and uh, Batman were in that trailer. I'm just like, you know what? They were antagonistic before and uh, the world's finest, I believe was the name of the three parter. But at the same time, they had a sort of respect for each other. At least they developed a respect for each other, but neither, but not once did they ever really like, you know, try to kill each other. Jesus. <laughs> but that's what i that's what i've been watching i saw that and was like you know what i'm gonna go back to the animated series and just enjoy the hell out of the dialogue and the characters from that because that was that was really well done as far as cartoons are concerned yes Darkness, no parents. <laughs> God, love that movie. Um, I watched. <laughs> it's not animated. I watched the Wolf Pack. Did you guys see that documentary? It's sort of uh, that sort of touches on the power of movies. <laughs> Oh, I've no. heard of it, but I haven't had the opportunity to see it. Um, it, it played uh, in Edinburgh, but I missed it there. But it's it's out. You can you can totally watch it. I think on Amazon streaming. But um, mm. yeah. Oh, cool. A, yeah, it was a recent documentary um, about a a family on the Lurie side here in New York City, and um, basically the kids were well not to give anything away, they were kind of shut-ins and um, movies were really their whole world. They were homeschooled. Yeah, they were homeschooled and um, and they just really did, well, they just didn't get out for various reasons. Um, and eventually sort of bumped into this uh, woman who directed the documentary and she did a story on them. They let her into their lives and, uh, you know, it unfolds from there, but 
you know, they were doing reenactments of movies. Movies were really their window into the rest of the world. So uh, that's all I'll say, but it's, it's great. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> really that sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Yeah, spoil, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, well, and also I've been sort of looking at uh, some old, some uh, older, uh, short films and um so because i've been looking for for different different web pages um just to kind of like i mean i have like my standards but i was sort of like doing some searching to find you know websites that featured uh short animated film and i, I found a good one um it's called short of com. have you guys seen that i think i have as well yeah there's um there's some really good stuff on there. I've never really checked it out. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, that's really kind of all I've done is sort of looked at a, a few shorts and a, a couple I mentioned. <laughs> a few I were my favorites. They weren't available before, but um, have been live online for quite a while now, I think. <laughs> that one, um, Fred by Misha Klein. You saw that, Dan. You watched that, that uh, stop motion. Oh, my God. I can't even think. Fred? By... It's a uh, Fred, oh, yeah, about the clown. Yes. Do you know what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that. Yeah, that that's a great one. That's a really <laughs> great one. And uh, yeah, there's another one that I saw recently by Joanna Quinn that was great. But yeah, that's really all I've been doing. I mean, just, oh, was that um, a new Joanna Quinn? Uh, no, 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 just posted. I had never seen it. Right. But I'll um, you know, I'll actually I'll make a list of um, of some of the sites that I have uh, bookmarked. Just so people could take a look, because uh, mm-hmm. you know there's some great stuff. Yeah, you should. Yeah, add them in the show notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. please. That Anyone else? Me. I have. <laughs> well, I haven't had time to like watch anything this week. I watched one episode of Steven Universe, uh, and it was good. It was a really early one. Um, which so, one? What was it? Which episode? Oh my goodness! It was. It was like two episodes. <laughs> it was. Um, Stephen had like a burger backpack. Oh, uh, <laughs> trying to remember that one. Basically, they were going on some sort of quest, and Stephen really wanted to come, but he only had like junk from his backpack, and he packed way too much stuff, and everyone was <laughs> getting pissed off. But it turns out that everything he had in his backpack, like donuts, like were able to distract, um, you know, monsters. Along the way, oh, okay, it was a really yeah. Weird, yeah, it was a really weird story. It was just like one big like "told you so" with no twists. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm I'm working my way through that. I'm willing to to bet it gets better. Oh, it, um, it definitely does. Like uh, um, the the other thing I did manage to get to watch was Tony Jow. I think that's how you say his name. Um, he's this guy who who makes this great um series of videos called Every Frame a Painting. Oh. Um, I think he's a he's an editor. Um, anyway, check out his his series Every Frame of Painting on on YouTube and Vimeo. It's he he basically he analyzes movies and breaks down like things like Spielberg's directing style. Oh, that's and, fantastic! And talks about framing and compositions and editing and transitions. And he 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 also did another really good video on Edgar Wright and visual comedy. 
and how nice. Edgar Wright really tries to imbue um, his directing with like lots of physical comedy, even though it's not necessary. Anyway, he did um, he did an episode this week on Chuck Jones. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's and right. And it's a really thoughtful um, analysis of like what makes Chuck Jones cartoons work and things like you know every gag is and it works by having an expectation and then subverting that expectation and it's it, you should just check it out it's, it's it's you know usually his videos have have a point to make um and this one is just a little bit more just a general appreciation of of everything Chuck Jones did. Oh, um, really cool. Which is not bad at all. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I, do you know what? I think <laughs> I was waiting for him to make that joke and maybe he's just uh, slack or just stupid. <laughs> You know, when I was in Santa Fe for a film festival um, a couple of years ago, I sort of like stumbled into the Chuck Jones gallery there. <laughs> there's like there's a huge gallery with prints and stuff. It was amazing. That is like, amazing. I, just, I know. Wow. And I just wandered I in. Told, I had no idea. I was told by someone at work this week that the cinema in town, um, uh, I'm living in Bristol, um, there's a cinema in town that has um, a Chuck Jones drawing in it like an original <laughs> like huge mm-hmm. like a1 like I, that sounds a little bit big maybe a3 sized um wow drawing of roadrunner yeah oh. so, <laughs> awesome those drawings are so good yeah i mean seriously like this place the chuck jones gallery um in santa fe i mean there were just drawer the guy who was uh running it i I can't remember what his name was, but anyway, he um he gave me like a really detailed tour. <laughs> wow. I mean, I was yeah. I mean, there were some original drawings and um, prints. I I yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Darkness. No parents. Continue darkness. More darkness, get it? The opposite of light! Black hole! Curtains drawn! In the basement! Middle of the night! Blacked out windows! Other places that are dark! Black suit! Black coffee! You get it, that's just the first verse! Sure, but I think if even if we aren't really there yet, we are definitely closer to a golden age of animation than we have been in the past. 
because like we because animation has definitely come a long way not just you know in terms of just technology because you know every new piece of technology that comes out you know definitely helps to make it you know to like people are let's say if like um to give an example pixar's animation how um they've been able to to animate people, you know, that's, that's gotten progressively better and better as far as three dimensions are concerned. But then also you have, um, you know, the way, you know, the public looks at animation has definitely, I think, come a long way than it used to. Maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe it's come a little bit. I think it's fair to say that there's certainly a lot of animation being produced at the moment. Um, I think I, I mean, I've, I get, the feeling that there's more than, I mean, when I was growing up, I was, you know, uh, really interested in animation and cartoons. And it seems like there is way more than there was when I I was a kid, I think. So Mm -hmm. I think with quantity comes you know, like if you make enough things, like the likelihood is that a few of them are going to be really good. <laughs> you know? Right. It's quantity and it's also access to that, to the quantity. I mean, because we have, yeah. you know, yeah. the internet now. But I mean, as far as um, quality is concerned, I mean, and of course, there's tons of really high quality animation now. But, um, you know, I... <laughs> You know, I just have to, I mean, to, like, look back at, at movies like Pinocchio, uh, the right. care and the time that was taken into that, I I don't know, I don't know, it gets a little bit wobbly for me <laughs> <laughs> with regard to, like, the golden age of animation. Definitely, we're in a really fantastic time right now, and, and I love the fact that there's so much quality and, and uh, or so much content, rather, but... Um, Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think the golden age thing might be a bit, we're definitely in the golden age with regard to technology, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, an opportunity. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Right. And yeah, not only that, there's way more, there are many more venues to make animation for. Yeah. And, it, and it's mean, also and not fantastic. just what's being produced today, but it's what's being produced today in movies, on TV, and then movies and TV around the world. And then mm-hmm. also the internet, internet. Mm-hmm. is just like, you can spend, you, you, you know, you can basically curate your own short film festival That's you know right. in an afternoon right. just going on youtube and vimeo and not only finding all of this brilliant archive stuff you know from like mm-hmm. the national film board canada and all sorts of other you know um Soymuts film you know uh lots of like russian animators but just right. people uploading their own stuff yeah exactly um so exactly. it's 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 really easy to be an animation fan, I think, because you're bound to find something that you like because there's such variety. That's right, and the technology is just getting more and more advanced. I mean, exponentially, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we have virtual reality right around the corner for general use. 
Yeah. I mean, it's already here, really. But as you know, content will be need will will have to be created for all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But um, I mean, the it's just the way we interact with stuff has changed so much. I remember mm-hmm. like waiting until three o'clock until I could <laughs> see half an hour of Dex's lab, followed by <laughs> half an hour of Powerpuff Girls, and then like. <laughs> I had to count on them not being repeats. I had to <laughs> count on being there. You know, all these things. Like, oh, also, it was like a satellite dish. So if it was raining, like, forget it. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. And then, like, I was, on I was on Netflix <laughs> yesterday. And I can watch every single episode of Dex Lab and Powerpuff Girls like that. And Johnny <laughs> Bravo. And, you know, it's... um. So the way All the that classics. People, yeah, so the way that people interact with with um oh god, I don't like using the word content. That's such a wanker. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, just I just interact. did. I just did. <laughs> the way that people interact with, you know, um with uh stuff is is different <laughs> and changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, you can I, get feedback on um, on uh, mo- on animated movies and just like just re- regular movies um, through the internet and people using that as a way to kind of critique films or shows or what have you and yeah. just you know be able to you know for people who work on those uh, projects to basically look at it and be like okay this is what we did wrong this is how we can mm-hmm. improve upon it to make an even better product. Sure, I I think um, I mean that benefits some people and not others. Yeah. Uh, you know, things things need time to grow and, uh, you know, uh, nurture in nature in equal parts. And I think there, I mean, we might get into this a little bit more in detail um, on a later episode, but uh, I happen to know that, you know, YouTube animators right. find it very tough because they're being judged by how much content they can produce. Right. And mm-hmm. therefore, yeah, the... you know, um, and, and not just by, you know, YouTube's um, rules and regulations, but also the audiences. People don't appreciate how long it takes to make something <laughs> and that when one guy is making, you know, one short a month, that's pretty good going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but so, don't but forget I, cat videos don't forget those no oh, good old cat videos well, no, well, <laughs> so, so, so cat figured just, it's hard to compete against <laughs> simon's cat figured out that um <laughs> uh, yeah nice <laughs> um so i think maybe it's it's would we say like it's it's fair to say that, that there's a golden age of distribution perhaps Mm-hmm. Nostalgic, perhaps, 
Yeah, Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers uh, tried their hand a couple times. Like, I remember watching this one movie called uh, The Swan Princess. I was so very much a, uh, tried to be a Disney movie and mm-hmm. didn't really, didn't really succeed. But it's just like, you know, that that's basically all else besides, you know, like Don Blue films and Disney, an actual Disney that there was at the time, at least. So we've really come a long way. <laughs> Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's true. That's, that's true. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. Not to mention Bill Plimpton's Cheatin' and um, Rocks in My Pockets. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I find that really funny when, when people are like, oh, where's 2D? And yes, Disney don't have a monopoly on that mm-hmm. you can you can right. absolutely you know be a fan of 2d animation and be satisfied it just requires a little bit of work you know like mm-hmm. to import something from japan or france or elsewhere it's um yeah and and i think this is what i'm what i mean when i'm saying like it's it kind of comes down to if you're saying what's the state of things or are we in a golden age? It comes from where you're standing from. Mm -hmm. And if you're standing from a place where you're only being, you know, exposed to marketing, which is very mainstream and you're just seeing, you know, um, DreamWorks posters on the side of buses and things, then you are going to be under the impression that 2D is dead. You're not going to be aware of like Ernest and Celestine and Princess Kaguya, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something, you know, to, 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 to keep in mind, really, because, you know, I end up talking most of the time to animation fans, and it's really easy to forget that it is still kind of seen as some other thing by the general public. Right. There needs to be more screenings. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, 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 no, I mean, seriously, I think I want to try and put something like that together. Um, I might have the space, but um, things like that are popping up around. Uh, well, they, definitely there are places like in New York City, like, uh, you know, the um, animation block party, right, is coming up. And I'm mm. going to go see a few of those um, screenings, but that's, you know, chock full of 2D and stop motion and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I'd like the more venues, the better. <laughs> and I've, I've gone to a couple of little screenings in New York City, just like things that people have put together themselves. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, amazing, like in the back room of some bar. <laughs> you yeah. know, where there are like 10 of us and most of them are just filmmakers. It, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but, you know, you just, you know, the couple people that sort of wander in, you know, makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. All the big budget yeah. projects. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm, I think I think the question that um, I'm asking in this situation is, do you? So, if you have a movie that's like of a middling size, and you want people to see it, are you going to say, okay, let's? do a small cinema release, but, um, you know, do VOD same day. So those unable to get to the bigger cities can still enjoy the film and we'll still get money and we'll still get money like, you know, quite, you know, sort of, um, like digital ticket sales Mm -hmm. or do we try and, because the reason song of the sea was delayed in its release here, um, among other things was because of summer, being a bigger time for kids' movies. So mm-hmm. do, you, do, you, do you say, okay, we're only going to be this niche thing, so let's just, like, you know, go with digital releases and not worry so much about trying to be seen next to things like The Minions? Hmm. That's well, a good I mean, question. There, there are lots of... Uh you know, alternative distribution platforms out there. Did we talk about this? I can't remember. In any we, we touched on it a little bit in a previous episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's like things like Yekra are, exist now. That's, you know, it's almost like a like a pyramid scheme type thing <laughs> where mm-hmm. you sort of lean on um, other people's social network, but then the company uh, gives the people who promote the movie a little bit of a kickback based on the number of rentals. And so it's just an interesting thing, you know, instead of just having people spread the word um, with enthusiasm, they spread the word with enthusiasm, then they, you know, <laughs> get a little little bit of cash back. Um, mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, that's amazing that that's happening. Yeah. It is. It, yeah, I mean, and then there are lots of small, smaller distribution companies that uh, sort of give you, I mean, this is a subject that's, that's it's a hot topic. You know, um, I went to a panel just recently here in New York City and 
And of course, you know, in Edinburgh, it was a topic of discussion. There were a number of panels on, on the topic of distribution and and uh, alt well alternative distribution and funding. Mm. But um, the, there are uh, smaller distribution companies that sort of give, you know, they don't have a ton of money for you, but they have they give you freedom. You know, it's like it might be non-exclusive, yeah. or they take a smaller cut, but they also give you access to you know the email list, you know, so that you, and there's a lot, there's a lot of power <laughs> in that, you know? So, I mean, I, I think these things are definitely developing, you know, I, um, I mean, it's just, a, it's a tough topic, um, for anyone in the arts, you know, but especially people yeah. trying to produce animated films. I mean, um, I can, I think the truth is that everyone's still kind of trying to work it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but when I do have this discussion with like, with my friends and with other animators and, like film critics and things, it also seems to come down to the fact that maybe to move forward, there needs to be some kind of reform in copyright law. Yeah. And it's, it's still, it, it seems that, you know, the exciting, you know, digital on demand, you know, platforms that are, being made at the moment don't quite align with traditional copyright law, which is oh, yeah. still a big part of how everything is, you know, is released. You know, what's really messy though. It's like um, animation done for a music video. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It gets super tricky. It's like the the musician doesn't own the rights to this his song, his or her song. You know, right. The, the, right company you know but then who owns the video like if you can't really if you put a video that you created with someone else even if you have you know permission from the musician to use the the music you know youtube will take it down yeah <laughs> like someone else owns it's really tricky it's really um yeah that's a, a, a little bit of a mess yeah Oh. oh my god. That sucks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. it's a can of worms. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it. Like, you know, when when Pixar first sort of came on the scene, and and even though they were, you know, releasing their movies through Disney, it wasn't Disney. It wasn't um, that type of film. And I think like people were really surprised by by the sorts of movies that Pixar were making. Mm-hmm. And, they were very different then. Yeah, uh, and it's really easy to forget, you know, because we're so used to them now that it was like when Toy Story came out, it was a really big thing for, I don't know, for um, for there, you know, to be a, an animated movie without songs and not based on a fairy tale. And 
Um, I forgot what point I was trying to make, but, you know, but, um, I don't know. I like if, if, if I'm reading what you were going into, unless you could just feel free to interrupt me at any point, but, um, it feels like it was, it was refreshing. It was, it was a proof point that, you know, you didn't have to do, you didn't have to do the Disney formula in order to be, for sure. the movie to be a good animated film. Sure. And I think that, you know, unfortunately or not, unfortunately, um, the main thing that people saw was CG. They didn't really, you know, um, the the main uh, the main draw with people was like, oh, they were, they were made on computer, and mm-hmm. for better or worse, that you know that just that led to DreamWorks and Blue Sky, you know, um, making movies as well, and to now to the point where. Like every big Hollywood uh, movie studio has an animation arm, and not yeah, and not to mention advertising agencies. I mean, you know, a lot of times, and I know at the UK, like it's more of a regular thing. But like, look at like Panda Panther. You know, did what's it called, Lost Topulus or something? I mean, that's even I mean pretty cool, right? It's like you work on your um, commercial work and then. <laughs> like ha- most of the like there were a ton of of short movies again at that um edinburgh lab um that i saw in some of the um advertising agency reels and i was like oh my gosh i've seen most of these in festivals <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool i mean that you know mm. that there would be a focus on it you know what i mean yeah right introduced the idea of a competition between studios and when you have something like that especially for at least for business as far as a business is concerned competition fuels growth so you know that's that's really great that we finally have you know that uh disney no longer has the monopoly on animation as monopoly on other things mind you but like everything like everything (laughs) yes but i'm 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 waiting for the for the day that i um i go to a to a corner shop and I, I, you know, I want, I'm thirsty and I want to drink and there's only Disney water. There, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, I didn't really think, I can't remember, sorry, who, who mentioned it earlier, but you know, it's now like a really common thing to just go, okay, what animated movies are out this month? And mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and looking at it like that, it's probably fair to say that we're in a, a golden age. I mean, actually, one thing I did 
well, I want to mention, like, in reference to uh, an episode a few weeks ago when you were talking about Dragons, the um, the TV series. Uh, well, it's like a Netflix series, isn't it? Um, and it reminded me of something that um, DreamWorks consciously did, and it's how they used to operate, and I'm not too sure if it's how they still operate. But basically... Um, DreamWorks were quite happy to have two factions in their studio where they had A movies and B movies where A movies they just had more budget and more time and B movies were just like you know slightly um, lower priority <laughs> oh my god wow I don't know <laughs> just got that <laughs> I think, I think you just short-circuited my brain, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> was that DreamWorks? No. Was that DreamWorks? I, I, yeah, that was DreamWorks, now that I remember, because I did see that movie, uh, and I'm like, oh, that was one of DreamWorks' yeah. uh, films. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, but I mean, it would ever, fit in that category, but... Ever since I, I heard that, I, I did start to like notice it a bit more. Like um, Over the Hedge and um, uh, Megamind were like B-movies. And I think Monsters vs. Aliens was as well. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. That and was ba- and, coming and out of that. Basically, it kind of... For me, it's interesting because it's indicative of like the philosophy that it's just content. And it's just, you know, it's okay to skimp a little bit on quality. Because we'll get to release a movie and that movie will make lots of money. So I think, you know, um, that's the side of it where, you know, it's not necessarily a golden, you know, you you can look at that and say, oh, that's a golden age because it's driven a little bit more by by money than creativity. You know, like the golden age of Disney, you know, the famous thing was, they were just making enough money so they could have enough to make the next movie. Yeah. And, um, and you don't quite get that feeling so much from DreamWorks. Uh, so I don't know. It's really easy to be, to be, to be cynical, you know, um, about it. But I think, you know, it is, just the point that I made at the, at the at the start of this little this little bit was, you know, there is a lot more animation than there used to be, mm-hmm. and also like there is a lot more anime as well. There was yeah, a definitely. there was there was definitely like an anime boom. I don't know I don't know when it was, but you know, now, it would, if I if I had to wager a guess, it would probably be like um, mid nineties till um, late nineties into the two thousands, like it, like a couple year period. Where anime just like was was becoming, you know, kind of its own thing, you know, being starting to be aired, and then they just yeah. had a, like a surgeons. Like I think it all started with like um, I don't know, Akira definitely got a lot of uh, mm. praise as not just an animated film, but just as a movie in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like that, and I forget what was one other film. Ghost in the Shell. Ghost probably. in the Shell. Well, yeah. the, the Ghost in the Shell was a film. I'm not sure if it was a film or a series, but yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Um. There was one other one I'm not thinking of, but um, yeah, like that and Akira were like the um, 
gateway, at least as far as movies are concerned, into like yeah. Japanese animated films, and yeah. you know the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or ba or based off a manga anime series. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z movies, but, but, but all, the, all, all the big being, shonen. Yeah, but they were all series. being made, but they weren't being distributed worldwide, mm-hmm. like in the same, quite in the same way that they are now. Like with um, with things like Crunchyroll, where you have like you know next day streaming of of um, you know that's that's quite a significant. Yeah, compared thing. to what we started with, yeah, that was. Yeah, that has I, come a long way. I remember like um, hanging out on forums, waiting for people to sub the next episode of something, <laughs> um, you know, um, <laughs> and then and then torrenting it and you know, waiting, you know, all night for something to finish torrenting just so I could, yeah, watch, watch this episode. Yeah, I think that was my. Uh, I think the series that I had that with at least back in the. The late, you know, the early two thousands was actually when I uh, started watching the Japanese version of Naruto, and getting really into that. And then when they went started going into Naruto Shippuden, I was, that, that was that was how I was able to get that because there wasn't any other way. I don't think Crunchyroll had really mm-hmm. or, or other anime streaming sites had really come about yet. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. 
I'm I'm going to be a little bit controversial, Chris, and I and say Uh-oh. I think that stop motion um, maybe has always kind of been the same in terms of how much is made. Um, a stop motion animator um, who worked on uh, the Corpse Bride and Frank and Weenie told me that in the stop motion like uh, community with animators there's like this understanding that it's like a wave and every four years or so that wave crests and then there's really no work for you know the next like couple of years mm-hmm. um and you have to like you know subsidize that by doing tv or or short films or something um but but yeah no not not to um completely steamroll your your point like a really did change that a bit mm-hmm. and the technology has obviously taken that to a whole different place with um 3d printing yeah Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for yeah. that, because it's a, an underappreciated art. Yeah. And also, you can use your phone. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, yeah. you know, there are apps yeah. you can use with your the um, the national. There's there's a someone just. Uh, Give me a link to the app I downloaded. I haven't um, played around with it yet, but the um, is this right? The um, National Board of the Canadian Film, film Resource, yeah. yes, Film Board. Thank you. Um, has an app that you could download, uh, probably for all devices, but definitely for iPhone. That's what I have it on, and um, I don't know. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. It's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends. Yeah, it really depends who you ask. I think, I mean, I've only really been like active in in the animation like world for a few years and I I have seen that independent animation has become a bit more of a serious player. I mm-hmm. can't I, you know it would be um it would have been amazing in it just wouldn't have happened in like you know in in the 90s for an independent Irish animated feature to have been made let alone um you know oscar nominated um and the same with uh you know um Folimage, uh and ernest and celestine um you know so i think uh for independent you know feature animation 
it's I think it's I was I would happily say it's a golden age for them because yeah you get things like Chico and Rita Ad, you know Adam Elliot making mm-hmm. um, Mer- um Mary and Max um you know on top of everything else it I know I I I I see a lot of variety in that when I can when I consider you know everything that's that's being made Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what happened was, like, actually, I heard that a few Ghibli films used to be played on ITV, like in, um, on Half Terms. Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, don't forget, like, the reason we have Ghibli as popular as we do now is because of Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, we have that through quite mainstream means, really. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, I meant, I meant Disney through John Master. But again, like I think that speaks to distribution, because those films existed in the mid nineties. Uh, we just didn't see them. Okay. Yeah, kind. Yeah. Montage. <laughs> True. Montage. Yeah. Montage. That's a beautiful name. For a <laughs> do a for montage. A montage. <laughs> montage. Rachel, good segue to like TV and and uh, South Park and 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 the other side. Of animation, where you know, thanks to Simpsons, really in the nineties. Yeah, um, yeah, early two thousand. I don't know. I thought that I thought Family Guy was started more in the two thousands. I thought. Yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Animated like, shows going on for that long. But what's really cool is like, you know, uh, again, I can only really relate this to when I was growing up, when I was bad. I get so bored of saying that. <laughs> um, you know, maybe there was Ren and Stimpy, The Simpsons, and then like Nickelodeon things and like the Disney afternoon shows. But apart from that, like TV animation was... Oh, and the um, superhero things like Spider-Man and the and TV show. X-Men and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like it wasn't like a normal thing for like mainstream like cable channels to say, we're going to do an animated series now like FX did with, um, with Archer or, you know, like Netflix where it's just like, oh, Bojack Horseman. Okay, another animated series. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that's that's important because again, the more things that are being produced, the more like quote unquote like envelope pushing there is being done, and the more accepting people are to animation being different things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's something to brag about personally, but no, it, it has an effect on on people. As I mean, like my granddad used to love watching The Simpsons as well. Mm-hmm. Like he would just, um, and he uh, and he was a bit unsure of it at first as well. He'd like roll his eyes whenever we'd be around his house and we'd put it on. But after a while, he realized, oh, actually, hang on, this isn't just like you know Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those earlier car- uh, cartoons or animated shows definitely kind of painted a picture, at least for that particular generation, a picture that has gradually changed with different uh, animated shows coming out, you know, oh, as so the years go on. Has. I'm so glad it has. I'm sick so of, am I. I'm sick of hearing, like, 40-year-olds like talking about, oh, I used to love Scooby-Doo. That's, that was good. And really, <laughs> Scooby-Doo was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not really. It was serious. Or like that old, like, um, I'm trying to think, like, the, all of, there's Scooby-Doo, that really old Godzilla cartoon that used with, with that... <laughs> Godzuki, yeah, the Godzuki one. And, Star Trek? Um, the Star Trek cartoon? Uh, yeah. I never saw that. I saw, like, clips of it. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it either, I've, but I <laughs> I tried because I went on, like, a, yeah. I, I sort of watched all Star Trek, no, <laughs> or a, a good chunk, and, um... I, I tried it and I couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, you got to keep in, you got to keep in mind that at least with that particular generation, that's the kind of stuff when they when you when we talk about like anim- animation on television, that's the kind of stuff that they think of when you know people yeah. like you and me start talking about it. So they have that expectation, and you have to work really hard to convince them like it's not we're it's not how it works anymore. At least not most of the time. It's just funny too, because like of the original animation in the very beginning, you know, none of that was for kids. <laughs> like none of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, at least with but the I mean, Looney Tunes. Like, yeah. Um, I'm or, sorry to interrupt, but um, at least with the Looney Tunes, because while it was, you know, that's what, you know, one of the first things that people think of when they think of, you know, cartoons or classic cartoons. At the same time, like when you really look at it, at least compared to the like the Disney cartoons, the um, the uh, Looney Tunes had a lot of like a lot of the humor was definitely through like the talking and you know the wordplay and everything like as opposed to mm-hmm. um, the Disney shorts, which you know you had you had humor as well, but it was a different sort of humor. It was more like you had the slapstick and uh, like and stuff like that, but it was you know mostly of the the. I, I don't know. For some reason, I think I got the idea that the Looney Tunes humor just it was seemed very a lot adult. smarter than a lot of, at least the yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what was dull of them? No, a very adult. Oh right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, Sesame Street still does that. I mean, that's not so much in animation necessarily, but with the uh, puppets, have you? There's like a whole, a whole series of parodies and spoofs that they do. So. So good, so good. Yeah, they do a a Homeland one that I saw. Hel- oh like, my god, really? So good. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll... Uh huh. Game of Chairs. <laughs> um, they do a House of Cards one. That's fantastic. Oh my god, that sounds I mean, good. I did not know that. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Is the House of Cards one just like instead of um, Frank Underwood <laughs> chomping on yes. ribs? Is it just Cookie Monster doing the same? <laughs> It's not Cookie Monster. There's a, I can't remember the, there, there's, oh, here we go. Frank Underwolf. Um, <laughs> he makes his way through the different houses. I'll, I'll put a, I'll give you, I'll send you a link so we can oh, include dude, it. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. it's so hilarious. Like I, yeah, I was crying, but yeah, the Homeland one is really fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were really good. Mm-hmm. Why did they stop work? Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was that was basically their marketing ploy for their um their their new movie. It was the like the very first one in like several years. And that was I can't that was so brilliant a way to market that uh that movie and just having the Muppets be Muppets on the internet. So good. <laughs> because the Muppets are awesome. That. We can have an, yeah, we can have a Muppets episode. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, it's very related. I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's animation for the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you also have, you know, um, 
you have like kids shows like well not kids shows but you have you know shows for younger audiences like gravity falls gravity uh, falls steven universe steven universe and uh adventure time regular show gumball Uh, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag because there I mean there are I've seen some of those shows like and I I appreciate I appreciate them but then there are some that I just I look at at least I look at the trailers for them and I just I just kind of cock my head like what in the world are they thinking? But you know what? That's really cool. That's really cool that there's something that's not for you and there's plenty of stuff that is for you. That is true. I I, I do appreciate having um, the opportunity to choose between. What I enjoy yeah. to watch and what I yeah. don't want to watch. I'm kind of like thinking of um, that Malcolm Gladwell. Um, there's like a Malcolm Gladwell TED talk where he's talking about what choice means. And um, he tells this story about, you know, ragu, the like pasta sauce. <laughs> he tells yeah. a story about like how ragu were trying to create the perfect pasta sauce. And they, you know, they had all these variations of like chunky, really smooth, like kind of spicy, really, really tomato-y. And they realized, you know, to cut a long story short, they realized there is no such thing as the perfect pasta sauce. There is only the perfect pasta sauce for you. So they... You're making me really hungry right now. (laughs) So they made, so they made every variety of pasta sauce. So people who wanted really chunky could get extra chunky. And the people who wanted kind of spicy could have kind of spicy. Um, yeah. And I was reminded of that when you were describing, Rachel, like your reaction to watching trailers for um, animated shows that, you know, were not your kind of thing. Yeah. Like, there's, um, what was this one show? It was, um, I, think it was, I think it was it was either the regular show. I, I just, I didn't really get... Caught, uh, get uh, attached to that mm-hmm. show very much, and there was this other Nickelodeon program, uh, Simon and Krieg, I think was the name of it, and it looked so, so kind of. There was a there was a guy. It's a, it's a it's a show about a guy, and apparently he has a snake that also comes out of his pants. I don't. <laughs> it looked really really a strange. A, a, a what? For a kids. snake. <laughs> this was aired on Nickelodeon. I kid you not. Sounds like a creepy uncle. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I think I could be wrong, but I think it stole um, it stole Legend of Korra's spot on Nickelodeon for a while when it, <laughs> which I'm like, I kind of just had to sit there and just like put my hand on my forehead because I just I just shake my head like, no, no, no Nick, Nickelodeon, with, don't do this. The whole thing that happened with Legend of Korra, I loved because it was just a classic case of you don't understand your audience, do you? The audience no. is like saying, yeah what this is going towards that you're not so keen on because it's not like everything else is what we're really into. Um, and I think, you know, like you were saying, the way how people interact, how the way how audiences interact with what's being made has changed. And mm-hmm. like um, creators are really aware of doing things for fans and, um, you know, like having their finger on that button. Yeah, case in point, um, My Little Pony and the craze that that's become. Um, <laughs> the bronies. Hey. So, yeah. The bronies. It's so well, <laughs> I saw a clip of um, like a convention 
a panel where they had the voice (laughs) 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 yeah fedoras and cargo shorts and yeah but they um the the, uh the voice actors were doing this panel and you know they were just not willing to answer these really creepy questions (laughs) that these fans who were mostly i mean most of the people who were there were like bronies yeah like big bronies and um it was so funny to like have them not really understand that the biggest fan base was not quite who they wanted. Well, I will give the I will give the Brony fandom this. While it is kind of you know, obviously I can see the where it's uh, a lot of people would you know say it's really creepy, and I can understand that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that's kind of self-explanatory. But at the same time, like I've you know I've I've seen a lot of really interesting creativity come out of it as well. Like, um, and speaking of animation, like a lot of, um, if you look research or go on YouTube and look up, uh, you know, my little pony, uh, videos or fan videos, it, it, it's kind of amazing. Like sometimes it's, it's silly. Other times I've been really impressed by what, you know, certain fans have been able to done in order to like kind of service to the, to the series. And, you know, even to the point where you have, um, fans, you know, picking out, uh, random background characters and kind of creating a whole like character or, you know, background for the, or a name or even names for these characters. And then for those characters to later be acknowledged by the series itself, like, um, the mo the recent, uh, episode I actually watched was, um, the 100th episode, uh, called slice of life and the amount of nods that they were able to give to the fandom and everything that they, you know, what they've contributed to the series as a whole, is actually kind of amazing. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so did you, guys, yeah, that, did you see the documentary? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, no, that, that, that's all I wanted to say was that sort of thing is just, is a new world, really, for us. I it think. is, and I'm kind of really amazed that, I mean, I'm surprised that of all the things to really break through that mold was a My Little Pony cartoon, <laughs> but at the same time, it's a, you know, I'm happy. It, I'm really happy. It finally, it finally happened that there was been like kind of a union between creator and fan, and for both, you know, both groups to kind of influence a single yeah. show or medium, and have it, you know, do a lot of really cool things. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that article. Another another really big moment for me was um, uh, when Masaki Yuasa um, did Kick Heart. Um, so he was like a he's um, uh, an anime director, and he's done like, he had done a couple of TV series, 
um, Kaiba, uh, Kemonozume, and he did the movie Mind Game. Um, but basically, he wanted to make this short film, and he got it funded on Kickstarter because there was no other funding to do it with. And for me, that was like a really big moment where, all right, this this these creators who I want to see their stuff, I'm able to say, literally, here's my money. <laughs> Go and make something. And um, they're, they're able to do that. And, you know, they don't have things like funding bodies um, or, you know... Um, or sponsors like standing in the way of like creativity. Yeah. I did. Right. Right. Yeah, I missed out on funding um Little Witch Academia too. Which is which is another thing which is just it's it's kind of crazy to think, you know, about okay, that they they um in Masaki Rasa's case, he was, you know, working for Madhouse and he was in the industry. But, you know, even so, they were struggling to to independently produce things that, you know, when you that were unique um, and a bit different. And it's it's amazing that you're able to do that now. And, you know, so many like um Games, indie games, and animated shorts are funded that way. There was that thing, the reward, um, made by I think they might be some Danish animators, and of course, like Simon's Cat did it. Yeah. Um, Oh wow. Oh, wow. Having a chance now. Yeah. That's excellent. You know, and, and that's that's kind of the variety. You know, if you if you don't if you're not pleased with with what's being produced, you can I mean, one thing is that you can learn animation and you can make it yourself. Or you can you can fund 
directly you can directly fund artists who are, who are interested in making that sort of thing mm-hmm. i'm more convinced now i never i know we talked about this at a in a previous episode too but when way i um, mentioned tsunami at one point how that was a really interesting way of introducing uh anime anime shows in the west and now like i'm thinking it's an interesting way to distribute you know that kind of stuff you know because they you know have a block of tv or even an exclusive channel for independent animation like shows and stuff like that like that's just that would be like the next step i think yeah i mean i think it's that that is um going to be really tricky i know there was some um cable channels that used to do that in the uk they used to have like an animation block where they would just Mm -hmm show some um independent animation i think unfortunately i think um so there there are two problems with that the first well the first is tv is dead yeah the 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 second was and i i don't know like what you think of this yvonne but animated shorts are really 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 hard to program and even Uh... With the best will in the world, like you can watch amazing animation, you know, you can watch a, a, a program of amazing shorts. But if it goes on for more than an hour, you start to get fatigued. And I think if that was on TV, people would like turn over um, long before that point. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. So, so I think the internet's a really good thing for, you know sharing oh, yeah. shorts well that's because, what the internet's all about i mean yeah. you know because it's just like uh, diminishing yeah like attention spans it's like late night tv right is yeah sort of yeah you know like bits and pieces the next morning you know no one's really watching it on television i mean you know an animated short sort of take the same amount of time i mean i definitely think there's um room for shorts to be programmed like we we touched on this before in an earlier uh podcast you know, to have animated shorts sort of before feature films, I think there's plenty of room for that. Mm-hmm. You mean live action features? Uh, any feature, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of like um back in the, uh, I forget which decade it was, but when, um you know, they would always have a cartoon before an actual film. Like they would have a news report, then a cartoon, mm-hmm. then the actual movie. I mean... Right. Now we just have advertising and advertising and advertising. And you're like, what movie did I come to see? Because I oh, don't remember. God. The ones I hate the most <laughs> are, are when you have all the adverts and then you have trailers. And then mm-hmm. after all the trailers, you get like a car advert. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> what are you doing? That's my, feel- that's my feelings on those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they've been good shorts, too. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, that was great. Oh, and, and, and Patrick Osborne, who made Beast, is now directing a feature, I think. Is that right? Um yeah. uh, Paramount maybe. I might have got that wrong. Yeah, there was also the one short that um that I think it was actually before Frozen that I thought was really, really interesting, or at least it was a good homage to like the really classic uh Disney cartoons was uh get a horse. <laughs> oh, that right. was a that was a very unique blend of styles i think with having you had the 2d on the behind the movie screen and then you know they come out of the movie screen and then you've got the you know the yeah kind of like a new new world new style of you know animation <laughs> and having to switch constantly between the two with all the characters running in and out <laughs> it was fantastic and i would love to see more of that that's it. Uh, Patrick, sorry, Patrick Osborne's directing Nimona, um, based on the uh, the co- uh, the comic. Oh. Uh, for Fox. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a comic called Nimona by, oh my goodness, I think it's I think it's the same, no- Noel Stevenson, who, who did that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that would yeah that would work as like a, I don't know. It looks like a. I haven't read it, but it looks like a Wes Anderson sort of. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like we're kind of happy with how things are. Like, <laughs> yeah, I not, mean, because because you know, for every minions, you know, you get the song of the sea, right, and then. Even if you're not satisfied with that, you can jump on to Crunchyroll to get your fix of anime or go on Vimeo and check out a bunch of, like, you know, um, independent shorts. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think I think maybe the one point of which I would say, maybe we're not in a golden age, and I'm not sure if this age will ever really happen. But the the sort of thing that okay, where where animation is not seen as a genre in in mm. mainstream movie circles, where mm. there isn't right. like this expectation for everything to be funny or for mm-hmm. everything to be kid friendly or for everything to be designed a particular way. Yeah. Well, that's where like people like Phil Plimpton kind of shine. I mean, I know I mentioned him again, but I don't know if you guys saw Cheatin', but it's it's really beautiful. I mean, it's really, yeah, yeah, it is. It's I mean, lovely. I think it 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 is. However, I think it's different to you know mainstream animation, the sorts of stuff that you'd see advertised on the tube or on the side of a bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, like, I was really, really psyched when um, when The Wind Rises came out. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, quite a, a mainstream release for this animated movie that, for all intents and purposes, didn't have to be animated. Because mm-hmm. it was, I mean, there were a few fantasy sequences. But it was a drama. It was a slice of life. And I, I think, um, 
And also, that's why I'm really, really interested in seeing Inside Out, because that mm-hmm. kind of looks similar to me. Where... Yeah, it, 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 from my point since I've already seen the movie, it, it kind of is when you're talking about it, at least just a little bit, because, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got the stuff going on in the girl's head, but outside of that, there's really, you know, exactly. nothing too much, you know, that too, you know, left to the imagination. It's, it's a girl living her life. Yeah. In a new place. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, for, I think, I would say the only place that is lacking really is just mainstream movies where if you're going to see an animated movie, like sometimes, I do it on my own sometimes. I saw um, Arietti on my own and I got funny looks. Because, uh, you know, oh, it's a cartoon. Like, you know, whereas... Because you, you, you didn't go in with a child attached to you, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, um, you know, I guess my question is, you know, maybe... You know, will that ever change? I certainly hope so, because... Yeah. I mean, it, I think it all depends on, like, what kind of subject matters or what kind of stories that, you know, animated films and, you know, shows of the future attempt to tackle or attempt to try and tell a story that Mm -hmm. is more oriented for adults. I mean, anime's kind of done that already, but that's still kind of like a a niche thing with only so many people getting into it. And there's still plenty of individuals, you know, especially the older generations who still look at any kind of animation and still just get in the back of their minds, they're still thinking of those old cartoons, which really weren't all that great. And, you know, they, they go on with those expectations yeah. and that colors yeah. their whole experience. Yeah. yeah. Also, you can fall into the trap of going, let's make this adult and then getting something that actually ends up feeling quite juvenile. Yeah. Like, lots of anime does that where it's just like, oh, let's just stick in some boobs and like, you know, a decapitation. That does and not, that make, does not it make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The Seth Rogen thing, Sausage oh. Fest, is it? Yeah, Wait. like that's oh, just no. that's just it's just going to make a mockery of. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are adult audiences for all this stuff, and they're growing all the time for comic books. And then you know, now you can read comic books yeah. on your iPad, and it's yeah. fantastic. It really, really is. Like, I was never really big into comics. But except for a couple of like indie things and then, you know, someone turned me on to like the Walking Dead comics and and, uh, you know, however you feel about those like there it was it's so cool because like each panel pops up, you know, it's like you're looking at a storyboard, very detailed storyboard, you know, the panels kind of they're all different sizes. All of that is accentuated, you know, you, you don't scan through the entire page. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only that, but there are, are tons of adult gamers, <laughs> Yeah, you know, oh, and yeah. because of the amount of content we have now and the amount that's in it, that's just growing. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I definitely think that 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 sort of uh, idea that that uh, animation is for kids is is will be over soon enough. I mean, in a lot of ways just because of the market. Well, yeah, it's because of the markets, because people who grew up with like the who grew up with cartoons like we did when we were kids and then you know being you know still loving animation even you know to this day and probably well into the future you know you'll have more individuals like that demanding that kind of content as opposed to you know 
people in our previous generation who grew up with those older cartoons who really, you know, kind of fell out of love with that as they got older. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And it's not just that, but it's also sort of a dissolve of this mystique around animators. Always, I think people are slowly, not completely like having getting a little bit more idea about what goes into it. I mean, not everybody. And there's a long way to go to really like show. I mean, trust me, I talk to people all the time as a freelancer (laughs) about what goes into making animation. But, um, but there are just, you know, it's easier to be an animator because of the, you know, cheaper technology and and software. Um, And I think, and that's just going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> right. Right. Good point. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's really. That's yeah. really true. I, yeah. I get the impression that, I mean, I haven't seen it, but Steven Universe is trying that. Is that true, Rachel? Is um, it always funny? Well, they they try to go for some. They try. They still try to go for at least a little bit of humor and okay. some at least some of the later episodes. But mm-hmm. yeah, they do. I would say as far as a adult content goes or mature con- I guess mature is probably the better term I should say because you know like you said there is the miscon- there is the misconception between adult equals and animation equals potty humor and you know talking yeah. about yeah. them and stuff but as far as I think oh, I think it is definitely Steven Universe has gotten very mature in talking about certain aspects like I think the way they handle the talking about the subject of love is probably the most mature I have ever seen. And they don't go for the lowbrow stuff. They have, they kind of sit the viewer down and have, you know, throw out legitimate questions like, okay, this is how, you know, how do you think that, you know, mm-hmm. love between two individuals should be, you know, should we, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it just a physical attraction or is it more of a, a deeper thing? Yeah. And, and, you know, like, again, like that could only really happen if Steven Universe was one of, like five shows being made by, you know, made by the studio at once. Mm-hmm. Because because it's filling, uh, you know, it's filling a, a gap in um, in variety, and and the more things that are being produced, the more gaps will become apparent, and the more things hopefully will will, will fill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think how that would be done. I mean, I think the place that that would come from is probably superhero things. Yeah. 
Like a... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, does anyone read Saga? I'm familiar with the title, but I have yeah. not. I think that would that would work as a as a series because it's really it's funny. It's got funny moments, and it's you know everyone's swearing the whole time, and it's quite vulgar, but. The characters, you know, the main story is is um is quite serious. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the one other one other series, at least you know, I've I've, I've mentioned is it, it's one of the reasons it's my one of my favorite animated uh, series of all time. Avatar, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the original. I mean, I would I would argue, you know, for the the uh, first three seasons, and of course, you know, even a bit of Korra. I think that's another uh, kind of like that's kind of I don't know if it quite reached that point because it was still aired on Nickelodeon. So it was still, you Mm -hmm. know, mainly for had a younger audience. But at the same time, it handled a lot of different like uh, story ideas or had it had a story where I thought, you know, whether you're kid, teenager, adult, you could still get into it. Like that's when the only show that I've actually shared with um, my family as a whole and I, not a single one of them's hated it or just, you know, got that, you know, colored vision of like, oh, this is a cartoon or, oh, this is, you know, this is just for kids kind of thing. Nice. So, yeah, that's like that was uh, that at least that show in particular at least could have um, hopefully has broken some kind of mold at least to maybe hopefully encourage someone else later along the way to kind of say, oh, we can do an original animated series that you know that has a good balance between humor drama and all the other stuff that makes good entertainment yes please please make that happen <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> that will happen. I think that will happen. It's again, it's one of those things where I basically just reach into my pocket and go, shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't, yeah, we didn't mention preschool, which is a big world in itself. Yeah, well, I'm aware of that. <laughs> Sure. 
Sure. I think if anyone listening like has any thoughts or anything else they want to add, then like get in touch because I think let us yeah let us know this, this is a this is yeah this is this, the, this is, is a subject that we'd have to talk about yeah mm-hmm. and it's a conversation that's bigger than one episode yeah. You can find me uh, oh, on Twitter at Hamu. <laughs> you can uh, bug me on Twitter at Rachel Ward, Rachel Ward at Fail to Ninja. I'm on Twitter at Eisner underscore Inc. Great, great closing. <laughs> Very good. That's all, folks. I know, it's awesome. <laughs>